Hey, my name is Tanea Brown. I'm founder and CEO of Veggie Plug. And Femtech, Femtech to me is a movement that recognizes feminine healthcare disparities and works to bring about change in the form of medical devices, technological advances, and the like. Welcome to Femtech Focus with Dr. Brittany Barreto, exploring the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. Welcome to the Femtech Focus Podcast, where we have meaningful and provocative conversations with femtech experts. These academics, doctors, and innovators tell us about the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Brittany Barreto, and before we kick off today's episode, you know what I'm going to say. I got a question. Are you registered for the summit yet? It's kicking off this Sunday night, March 21st, and then it continues all day on Monday, the 22nd, with amazing speakers and networking. We have investors coming. We have pharmaceutical companies coming. We have service providers and founders. We have all of them. Tickets are only $35, but I love y'all. I love y'all, so use promo code FEMTECH20 for 20% off. Just go to femtechsummit.com, use promo code femtech20, and you will get a discount. There's already hundreds of people signed up. You do not want to be that person who didn't go. Okay, fem fans, today's episode features my interview with Taneha Brown, the co-founder of Vagiplug, which is a women's protective plug. Vagiplug's mission is to help women who suffer with recurring vaginal infections due to the use of bathing, bathing frequency frequencies, <laughs> bathing fragrances, and other irritants that enter the vaginal canal and cause pH alterations. Vagiplug will address the problem of these infections because the device will be inserted into the vaginal canal to act as a barrier for creams, perfumes, lotions, dyes, waxes, etc. that may cause yeast and vaginal infections. The Vagiplug can be worn in the shower, while swimming, or when receiving a Brazilian bikini wax. Enjoy the episode. Hey, Tanea. Welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going, Brittany? Good. Where are you calling in from? I am calling in from the great city of New Orleans, New Orleans, New Orleans Louisiana. Nola. Love yes, it. the Nola baby. <laughs> I um I have some memories in New Orleans, so I'll tell you a quick little founder story. So. Sure. I was a founder in Houston. I went to a pitch competition in New Orleans. I was super stressed. I was super like sleep deprived, all these things. I took a bus over to New Orleans and I forgot to pack underwear. Mm -hmm. So I was there for three days for this like competition or whatever. And I was like, damn, I need underwear. And so I went to Walmart in New Orleans <laughs> to buy underwear. And what I realized is I had also forgot my wallet at home too in Houston. Oh my Oh my. So I was good. standing in a New Orleans Walmart by the registers with like a package of panties in my hands. And I was like, can somebody please I'll Venmo you the money? And like, no one wanted to pay for my underwear and let me Venmo them. Oh my God. That's it was awful. horrible. It was horrible. It I had is to, horrible. I've had plenty of great trips in New Orleans, but mm -hmm. when I think about like 
when founders are like, man, this is tough. I'm like, I get it. Yeah. Like when I was a founder, that's, you know, sometimes you forgot your underwear, you know? Right. Wow. That's crazy. And you are like three to five hours away and yeah, nobody will buy your underwear in the Walmart. (laughs) Yeah. Crazy, crazy. I cannot wait for my autobiography to come out one day. I'll be sure to include that story. That is definitely going to be a highlight. I promise you, because (laughs) I can, there are so many things we can talk about in regards to that too. Oh my God. It's endless. (laughs) Oh my God. Well, that kind of leads us to our first question, which is, you know, our listeners love to learn about the background of our guests. So um, where, have you always lived in New Orleans? Are you new there? What did you study? Did you have a career before Femtech? Kind of take us through your story. Okay, so um, so I wasn't actually born here per se, uh, but I've been here all my life. I mean, I think we moved here uh, with my grandmother, I moved with my grandmother and my grandfather when I was like maybe nine months old or a year. So I didn't even know what was going on. I didn't know whether I was a girl or a boy then. So (laughs) that really doesn't matter. But for me, this is home. I've been here, you know, 40 plus years. Um, I went to, I was educated here, elementary school, high school, college. Um, All of my friends are here. Like my friend set um, is here. Memories are here. Everything is here for me. Um, So yeah, this is all things New Orleans. I am. Um, and as far as prior to uh, working in Femtech, I actually, believe it or not, worked in construction. Now, I didn't do the construction, <laughs> but um, I was I worked in construction in the administrative um, area, so to uh-huh. speak. Um, I worked with uh, a general contractor and um, I was a subcontractor. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, outreach coordinator for subcontractors. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I got all the way there and I'm all the way here. So, (laughs) well, it sounds like you are familiar with working in a male dominated industry. Yes. And actually (laughs) um, that was actually something I thank God for that, because I think that that helped me to learn to be the only Um, Mm -hmm. in that field. I was the only female at the table in that field. A lot of times I was the only person of color at the table. Um, so it helped me to um, get rid of the uncomfortableness yeah, you're that like, I would sometimes you know feel. Game. I know yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, scared. you know, I'm like, hey, they 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 see me as one thing, but they're actually thinking about going home and drinking some beer and kicking their feet up. You know, you know, that's that's what's on their mind. They're not. I I think a lot of times we and I know personally me myself. I put undue stresses on myself that shouldn't necessarily be there. Now that's not to say that the stress of being a female in a male dominated um, atmosphere is not there. But I think I put more stress on myself because I'm like, Ooh, what are they going to think? Da, 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 da. And then working in that area, in that arena, I learned that they're pretty much thinking the same thing that I am. What am I going to eat? <laughs> when is it time to chill? And when can I get out of here? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so you're working in construction, you're getting used to being like the only right Right. in the room. Now you're the founder of Vagiplug. Like where the heck, where, what has happened? What happened? (laughs) Right, right. right. So um, I'll say probably, you know, when you hit that magical age of 30, everything just starts breaking down. Oh girl, and, that's uh, <laughs> too much for me. So you're making oh, okay. Tell okay. me what I'm about to experience. Well, hey, listen, buyer beware. 
but yeah, so I hit that age. And actually, I started having problems prior to that, but I never really paid attention mm-hmm. um, too much. Um, and so I would use perfume soaps and, you know, I'm not going to say a particular name, but when I can, when I say perfume soaps, you know exactly what I'm talking about, what, you know, what company sells them. Uh, I would use for perfume soaps in my uh, vaginal area and not knowing because, you know, a lot of times our parents or mothers don't have the discussion with you of, you know, use this soap for this area and use this soap for this area or don't use soap there at all or don't douche or, you know, we, you find out a lot of these things by trial and error. And um, I did exactly that. I found out by trial and error. I used uh, those perfume soaps in that area. And while I smelled great, once I got out the tub, you know, a couple of days later, I was, you know, a scratching somebody, you know, <laughs> I was like, oh God, what is going on? Um, and then, so I just was like, Lord, this cannot be life. I can't, you know, I was repeatedly going back and forth to the gynecologist's office, giving me prescriptions for this and BB this and yeast infection that and vaginal this and vaginal that. I said, this just can't be life. Um, and so I just, you know, cried out to God. I was like, what is this? And then he just, he gave me a spiritual download of baggy plug, what to do, what it should be made of. Um, and the rest is, shall we say, um, well, about maybe two and a half, three years in history. I love it. Well, I definitely want to get into what is Vagiplug, but let's talk real quickly a little bit more about um, these perfume soaps and women should or should not be using them. Um, I bet you we have thousands of listeners around the world, and I bet you a good percentage of them are going to say, I was today years old when I learned that I shouldn't put soap in my vulva. Right. Um, I actually interviewed uh, somebody the other week who's a founder of a very high-end tech company. And she, before the interview said, I read an article today that said, you're not supposed to put soap up there. Like, and I'm the founder of a femtech company. And I said, I feel you. I'm the host of this podcast. And I, all the time, I'm like, that's where my urethra is. I didn't like, (laughs) you know, let's talk about that a little bit more. What is the, you know, uh, if for all the people with vulvas listening, what is the message that you wish they had in their manual? You know, like, what should they know about that? Um, what they should know about that area is don't, you just, it cleans, it cleans itself. You don't need to do anything to it. As a matter of fact, it is kind of self-diagnosing. Uh, if there's a problem, it's going to let you know, it's going to say, Hey, there's a problem. You're going to, you're going to smell differently, or you're going to feel differently. You're going to have a discharge. So that area pretty much tells you in and of itself, stop doing what you're doing. Um, to the listening audience, I would just say point blank, um, use one towel for your body and that area. And then just for your vaginal area, just get water, just a warm towel with water and just, you know, wipe in there and clean it out. If you feel that you have to necessarily clean it. I mean, I know sometimes you're sweaty and you're running and you're exercising and it make it kind of musty down there, but you don't need soap to clean it. You just, yeah. you just don't. And that is the enemy. Um, perfume soaps, bath bombs. When I hear the word bath bomb, I'm just like, you are going to be scratching forever. Oh my gosh. Let's talk about bath bombs. Cause I way pre femtech focus. I've always kind of been a little cautious about, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, I'm the worst with yeast infections. Like I quit life for like two weeks. So I'm very cautious about that. So mm-hmm. when I saw bath bombs getting popular and I saw ones coming out that had like glitter in it, I was like, hmm, 
about y'all, but when I'm in a bath, my legs aren't totally crossed the whole time. Uh, I don't think glitter on my clit is going to be a great, healthy thing for me. No, so. not good at all. Yeah, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm just outraged when I see them. And then I'm even more so outraged because I see them selling them with these little cute toys attached to them. And so little girls are starting to use them now. And I can only imagine if I started having this issue at 30, I can only imagine a child or a younger young uh, female, younger female at the age of like seven or eight, that's continuously using bath bombs. I can only imagine what her pH level is going to be by the time, you know, she gets to 30 years old. I mean, because they're, you know, they're advertising all of these bath bombs for stuff or as things that children should use and they shouldn't, women shouldn't, grown women shouldn't use them, let alone <laughs> little girls. And it, like I said, it just totally infuriates me when I see that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, definitely. You just, you don't need anything down there. Even dare I say, unfor- I mean, well, I guess bubble bath and eh, on the fence with that, but it's so much water till the couple of drops of bubble bath that you put in there may be dispersed out so yeah whereas the bathroom I feel like you drop it in between your knees and it like fizzles up like in terms of the marketing of it like it literally is like hover above this thing as it disintegrates right you know Um, do you think that bath bombs um like bath bombs not being good for your vagina is due to bath bombs being created by men um, and then not knowing, or is it also women creating it and them not knowing, or do you think the industry knows and they don't care? There's a hypothesis question. Hmm. I'm just brainstorming with you. Yeah. Well, I think it's actually twofold. I think, um, that it's because it's made by men mm-hmm. and they just don't know. And I think also that the industry knows and they just don't care. They're like, Hey, I'm going to make some money off this. I don't, it's your problem. If something happens as a result of this. Um, yeah, but don't get me started on men and instrumentation because, oh my God, like, you know, the instruments that they use in the gynecologist's office, I'm like, who made this? Like Fred Flintstone, you know, what the hell? (laughs) And why is it that we're like in 2021 and no one has thought to, you know, warm these things up or (laughs) a little bit more friendly to my vagina and, you know, Jeez. Totally. Um, also, I, you know, earlier I said, like, I bet our women listeners are going to be like, I'm today years old when I realize you shouldn't wash your inside your labia with soap. But also for our men listeners, they need to know, too, because I'm pro showering with your partner. And mm-hmm. I have had partners try to slide some soap in there. And I'm like, hey, I know you're like trying to be sweet. Like, but FYI, guess what? We're going to have a little lesson. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so men, don't do that to your ladies either. Okay. Yeah. Don't soap in there. Mm-mm. No, no, it doesn't. Do it does not need to be soaped. It nope. can clean itself. <laughs> it can clean itself. So tell us what is Vagiplug? plug? So, yeah. So Vagi plug is a medical grade um, silicone device that uh, basically has the kind of looks like a tampon. And while you're showering or bathing or uh, you would just, well, actually before you shower or bathe, you would just take the veggie plug, insert it into your vaginal canal, and it thereby would systematically block anything from going into the canal. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of acts as a barrier, yeah. so to speak. So it prevents anything from going in and uh, pretty much nothing comes down as well. Um, it's not to be used when you're 
menstrual cycle is down or not to be used during sex. It's strictly a preventative barrier that goes in place into the vaginal canal, right? Before you shower, bathe, or we're testing out some other things, but shower, bathe, swimming, um, uh, in the hot tub, um, also with um, Brazilian waxes. Yeah. Interesting. It's a barrier just to prevent anything from going in. Then once you're finished showering or bathing or whatever activity is that you're doing, just pull it out. You go about your business and no irritation. And how long ago did you start this? Um, it's been about, so I'll actually say, cause I, um, did, I wrote the non, I'm sorry, I wrote the provisional patent. So, um, that was about in 2018. So we are roughly three years. Cool. And like, yeah. is it available in the market yet? Not yet. Not yet. So we're actually getting ready to start a crowdfunding campaign um, to get the device, a, a secondary device for beta testing, because I had the one, I had the prototype, but it was just a prototype. It was, you know, 3D made from a 3D printer. Then I had another one that was made from a rubber material that is not, you know, friendly <laughs> to your vagina. Um, but the, this one is going to be. So we're going to do a beta testing um you know, go through the process, get it FDA approved, and then it'll be on the market. Amazing. Is, how's your experience been so far with finding the right material to go in a vagina? Um, well, uh, like I said, when I got that spiritual download about what the product should be named and made of, that kind of came along with it. So I, I thought about latex, but then I thought about, you know, some people have, or some yeah, some people have an allergy to latex, but the medical grade silicone is mm-hmm. different because I know this is these are materials that they use when they're operating and on other devices that are implantable in inside the body. So I figured, hey, there should be no you know rejection um, mm-hmm. issue mm-hmm. with the device itself if it's made out of that material. Because the reason I ask is we find in femtech innovation that there's actually a huge lack of research on basic, like here's materials that work best in vaginas. Oh, okay. You know, And also I'm wondering, like, are you just bait and feel free to not answer this if you don't want to, because it's yeah. asking you about your own vagina, but do you pay to test it in yourself or like, do you have models? Because that's another issue is like, there's no like vaginal model that you can like test things out in, you know? Right. So, um, and, and and so just all things considered, I don't have a problem talking about vaginas, toes, feet, okay. whatever, because to me, it's all just a part of your body. And I think yeah. I think part of and I'm going to answer your question, but I think part of the reason that uh, folks are so timid about talking about vaginas and ladies issues is because we tend to be timid about it. And if I'm bashful or if I don't want to talk about something or I'm feeling a little insecure about talking about something, then that is going to be relayed to the person as well. And I think that that kind of is a problem. So I don't have a problem talking about vaginas, just like I talk about feet. (laughs) Um, So that being said, um, what actually happened is one of the models, one of the prototypes that I had, I actually had to make two. Well, actually three. One was a hard uh, 3D one that came off the 3D printer. And then I had two that were made at a lab in Mississippi. So one of the two I actually kept for myself. I put it inside of a condom just to see how it would feel inside of my body. So that one, obviously I, I, you know, have just for myself, the other two um, I keep. So once I finish the crowdfunding, then I'll be able to have the ones 
um, that will be used for actual beta testing with volunteers that have come to me and said, hey, I'll beta test your product. You know, I'm all on board. I definitely, you know, want to help out with this. And so, yeah, once the, the crowdfunding is over, I'll be able to get those made and tested. Oh my gosh. I love it. So my co-founder is Dr. Julie Hakeem. She's a pediatric gynecologist mm-hmm. and she does a lot of reconstructive surgery on young girls' vaginas because they were either born that way or they were in an accident or something happened. And there is actually no such thing as a vaginal stent. So it's wow. essentially kind of similar to Vagiplug, but less, way less consumer, mm-hmm. way more medical device right, right. to hold open the vagina while it mm-hmm. heals. And so it has to stay in there for like two weeks. Okay. And um, she just got her patent approved and she just got her prototype. So it's so funny that you said, yeah, put it in a condom, put it in, you know, because I need it. I, this is my company. (laughs) Actually, Julie just finished her two weeks of wearing her own vaginal. Oh my, that's awesome. (laughs) Yes. You can practically run a clinical trial with our interns and us, you know, like we got I may need to to talk to her because she sounds like she's been there, done that, got the t-shirt. Yeah, we definitely have to pair you two up. You're like the consumer version of her. It's really interesting, actually. And Um, I actually, I had someone that asked me when we were just, I talked about it and I always like to talk to people about the veggie plug because every time I talk to someone, another uh, area comes up where they're like, oh, you can use it for this. Uh, Mm -hmm. Someone asked me, well, can you use it for um, a... I guess a transgender man transitioning to female in order to help, you know, construct the vaginal opening. And I was just like, you know, I, I don't know, but I mean, Hey, <laughs> let's yeah. go for it. Let's go well, for it. Julie's target market right now is pediatrics, but mm. yeah, definitely let's like, I'm, I don't want to promote, let's plug up all the vaginas. Cause I'm also like pro let the vaginas flow, but sometimes we need a plug. Right. Yeah. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Interesting. Um, what are some other, so we have like the soaps, bath bombs. That's super interesting. I really mm-hmm. didn't, I didn't even see us like getting into that, but it's totally true. Um, what are some other areas that like we just live our lives in high risk situations with our vaginas. We don't even know it. So I'm going to ask you like, like our pools and chlorine bad for us. Like what are other like lakes? Like tell me other situations that I'm probably just out there winging it. No, no. Probably plug it up. <laughs> no, you're, you're actually spot on. I, I did a focus group and uh, one of the ladies actually uh, said something to me about swimming. And that's why I even incorporated swimming or the use while swimming into, you know, potential uses for the veggie plug, because she, she said uh, something along the lines of, oh, you know, the chlorine and I get irritation and, you know, I just don't want things going in there. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I could, I could kind of see that. And then my aunt, um, she's a former military um, uh, personnel. And she said something about the military and the ladies being out in, like you said, dirty water and just being out in the desert and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, so I'm just like writing it all down. Sure. (laughs) Let's, let's try that too. I think, you know, and I, and uh, this just could be me, but the way I think is sometimes you invent something for one thing and then you find out that people use it for something else because like the straw, you know, initially, I don't know what straws were, I guess made for drinking or whatever, but you see people that are using straws for other things, making spitballs, um, you know, <laughs> it's, 
just so innovative. You know, yeah, just doing a whole bunch of other things. Making I've seen people um poke hole or not poke holes, but use the straws and get those little pimentos out out of the olives. I I'm like, who thinks to do that? Uh okay. Know. You know, so it's going to go. Yeah, I, I would imagine, you know, once it hits the market and as, you know, women and men actually as well uh, yeah. continue to hear about it, uh, there will be other uses. And one guy even said he's like the veggie plug. He was like, is that like an anti rape device? And I was like, no. And then I, so I thought about it. And I was like, well, I mean. I, I don't know. I'm I don't know, but I, OK. <laughs> You know, know, this is just something that he thought, right? So Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that's, as an investor, that's a very attractive model, right? Like, oh, we, this can be used for so many markets, right? Right. That's, that's really fantastic. Um, Do you think that um, Vaggie Plug with the name Vaggie in it is like, how do you do get, what kind of responses do you get from people? Oh my God. Like, do you have like 45 extra <laughs> minutes? Because I can only tell you it is just hilarious from, you know, men to women to younger kids and just everyone, because they see the first thing they see is badgie mm-hmm. and then they're plug and they, they start thinking, but yeah, the responses is just outrageous and once again you know you're talking about vaginas and so that in and of itself is kind of like you know you want to tiptoe around that but the way that I I do it uh whenever I have a conversation or if I'm doing a not necessarily a pitch competition but I, I participated in an accelerator uh and you had to introduce your company and the first thing I said was I said vagina 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 I just said it like that and then I said hey let me tell you this about the vagina before we go anywhere else you're either one or two people with the vagina. Either you have one or you're trying to get in one. That's who you are. You you either have it or you're trying to get at it. And yeah. once I say that, I think it kind of, you know, melts the ice a little bit and folks yeah. get a little bit more relaxed. And, and then we're able to have those open and candid conversations about all things vagina. And, and like you said, you're educating men because oftentimes they don't realize and they don't know the extremes that we go to at go to as women, um, you know, trying to keep things, you know, um, okay in that area. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, totally. And I mean, there's single dads out there with daughters, you know, right. and they need to know things in order to tell their daughters about. And like I said, if you're showering together, right. together. Mm-hmm. Um, also like, I, you know, have been in new relationships before where things were hot and heavy and I've had to be like, "Mm, my balance is like, it's off, you know? And like, they're like, what does that even mean? Like, am I just that big? And I'm like, that's really not what I'm referring to. Right. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) You know, settle down. Don't, don't, you know, settle down. Um, (laughs) But, um, yeah, I think this is something that people need to learn about. I love that you're very front forward with Vagiplug. It kind of reminds me of, um, it's they changed their name, unfortunately. I don't know why, but mm-hmm. they're now Kira Health. They used to be Clit Health. Oh. And, um, yeah, they're actually funded by uh, Serena Williams. Pretty oh, Okay, cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's yeah, awesome. It's an amazing young Black woman in uh, Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. So, but they're Kira Health now. That's fine. Whatever. Go Serena Williams investing in femtech. Yeah, right. Without right. it. Um, but, you know, 
I love that you went into your pitch saying vagina, 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 because I actually just last week gave a talk on pitch decks. Mm -hmm. And I said, if you're raising capital for female empowered porn, how do you tell your, the investors in the room via your pitch deck that you're making porn without showing porn? right? Right. And so I showed some examples of like women, like biting their lip. It's like, Hey, we all know, (laughs) you know? Um, and then I also showed, um, awkward essentials, which is a post-sex cleanup kit for women. And she actually demonstrates like the scenario of a woman sitting on the toilet after having sex so that the cum drips out. But she, she showed that with a Barbie doll, like, you know, and so she used like humor. And so I love what you did, which was like, break it, just yeah. break it right there. That's what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Let's all get the blushing <laughs> out of the way and lean in, you know, right. I love right. that method. I love it so much. Right. Um, right. What are some of your future goals for, for Vagiplug? Oh gosh. So, um, crazy as it is, I haven't even really started per se, and I've already thought of an exit. <laughs> that may be kind of crazy, but, um, so um, long term, um, I definitely want to IPO and um, potentially sell the company to another um, like a Johnson and Johnson yeah. or Procter and Gamble, Kimberly yeah. Clark, some other company that um, already is in the market for all things uh, women's health. Um, between now and that part, um, I plan to take Veggie Plug um, retail to you know Amazon. Walgreens. Um, I've had the, I've gone, I've sat in a couple classes when they, and I didn't realize how much of a chore, and I'm saying air quote with chore, how much of a chore it is to get into Walmart and these retail stores. I didn't realize that you had to have these big quantities and all this other stuff. And you basically, you're courting, somebody's courting you, you're courting them from the process from start to finish, which I guess is great because they're helping you along the way. But I just thought it was just as simple in my ignorance. I thought it was just as simple as, Hey, I have a product, you know, we can make, you know, mass quantities of it, put it on your shelf. And no, they're like, their tiers is like, you know, bottom shelf, top shelf, middle shelf. And so yeah, retail. Uh, so at first before retail, I definitely want to get into like the OBGYN's office um, and see if I can get Veggie Plug um, as on a prescription kind of basis where, hey, you having issues with bacterial vaginosis, then here, use this Veggie Plug. Mm-hmm. Um, and then retail and then from retail IPOing and eventually selling the company. Interesting. Cause what if you, one of your marketing strategies is actually to, it's like you're a, com, you, you don't like bath bombs, but you could almost partner with them. Like if well, you right. can't help yourself and use a bath bomb, right. <laughs> make sure you at least plug it up, you know? Right. Well, my, my, actually my, I thought to um, sell it right next to perfume body soaps in <laughs> the, in the pink store, in that store that, you know, sells the pink, the brand pink um, right next to, Hey, you got your, you know, Amber Romance, which is my favorite fragrance, Amber Romance. And right next to it, you sell the veggie plug. It's kind of like condoms and uh, pregnancy tests. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) You get Um, one, you're definitely going to need the other. Well, I, I really appreciate you also like admitting, like, here I am. I have this passion. I have a vision. I'm more, I'm going for it. I'm moving. And every step of the way, I'm like, huh, didn't know that. Didn't know that. And like, that's why we need programs, mentors, 
people guiding folks like you who love talking about vaginas and vaginal infections and blah, 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 to help you get through that, right? Because um, right. if we only have the tech stars of the world or 500 startups and they don't, and they're not down with your pitch starting with vagina, 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 like we need to upgrade them, but we also need like vagina specific programs so that you don't have to even like excuse yourself for, you know, saying the word vagina, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I totally, totally agree. I read an article, um, that was basically saying, um, someone had done some advertising in like Facebook or Twitter, one of those social media giants pulled the article down because there was something in there about vaginas. And apparently you just can't say vagina. Can't say vagina. Can't say it. Just like, you can say erectile. You can say erectile. Yep. Well, and that's my thing, you know, when men had a problem, you know, they still, still wanted to be, you know, they're 65 and 70, they still want to be intimate, you know, with, you know, 25 and 30 year olds, they created themselves a little blue pill, you know, um, nobody's looking out for women, so we have to do it ourselves. Yeah. Um, like I said, I, I, I go to the doctor's office and, you know, these ready to go on the table and I'm just like, this is just so not embarrassing, but it just kind of takes away from you know, the whole experience. I mean, I have to have a pap smear, but do I have to be exposed like this? Yeah. And, you know, um, can we, can you use some equipment that's a little warmer or not, you know, I, my vagina's round. Yeah. 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 It's like, I spread my legs and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm freezing. Right. I'm freezing. Can I get a blanket or something? You know, my, my vagina's round and you're pushing, you talking square <laughs> peg round hole. I mean, you know, it's just, it's not a comfortable feeling. So, uh, but then when I realized that the the folks that were making or had made these inventions were men and they're clueless about what it is that we go through yeah, on a yep. daily basis when it comes to, you know, vaginal health. Well, I want to recommend you go to our merch store because we have a beanie that says, okay. um, it says it's vulva, not vagina. <laughs> And part of the reason I love, I your love it name is because the vagina is the whole. Right. <laughs> your company's a great conversation starter about like vulva versus, versus vagina. Right. In order to innovate for it. So, right. Exactly. Exactly. I'm going to check that out. Yeah. And then, and then also that pushes the envelope to say, hey, vagina is not a bad word. It's no. just not. Lady That's parts, are, you know, it's not a bad word. You know, yeah. vulva, let's talk about it. Labia, let's talk about it. In public. I go to the dog park. I go grocery shopping, you know, okay. like, I'm yeah, like, not bad words. Right. It's not it on my forehead. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. Oh, man. Well, That's this has right. been so much fun. I have two last questions for you that our listeners really love. The yeah. first one is if someone wanted to start a femtech company, what is an area in women's health and wellness that still needs innovating? Um, I, I'm going to say, I thought about this um, and I would say, maybe in the area of PMS and mental health, mm. um, just because once again, you know, premenstrual syndrome. So we're acknowledging that it's something more than just, oh, she's in a bad mood. You know, we're acknowledging that that is something more than that. You know, can we do something to address it? And by that, I don't necessarily mean shove pills across the table at me or something, but maybe help me to mentally prepare for it so that when it does happen, I can arrest it and say, hey, I'm not in a bad mood. You know, my hormones are just all over the place. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe I just need to take a woosah moment, <laughs> you yeah. know, sit down and, and relax and just take a day off prior to my period or a couple of days or whatever. And just don't do anything. Just 
you know, sit and meditate and just relax. You know, don't try to take on the challenges of the world. Just relax. Yeah. I can believe how many times I've been like weepy and cryy and so sensitive. Right. And then I got my period and I was always like, oh, that's, that's why I was like yes. that. But it's like, bitch, how many <laughs> literally every single time I'm like oh that's why and it's like imagine how I could have like self-cared myself pre-crying right. or exactly. during the crying you know but <laughs> I was like why do I like this I'm right so right I'm so sensitive and so fat and exactly like, oh, oh exactly. no no <laughs> no I, I actually had a moment like that just the other day my sister's so here in New Orleans it's Mardi Gras and because of COVID Mardi Gras canceled so there's this thing called float in the oaks and they put these um, Mardi Gras floats in city park and she's like hey we're going to floats in the oak do you want to go and I was like no I don't want to go and she was just like I was like I think I'm in a bad mood blah 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 but then I went back the next day and I apologized to her. I was like, hey, I'm sorry. I wasn't in a bad mood. I was like, it's PMS. And she was like, oh. Yep. And so, like you said, when you can realize what it is that you're going through, you can arrest it. And then you can say, hey, let me. But a lot of, and again, I didn't learn this until I got older. No one had the discussion with me and say, hey, you're going to have PMS. You're going to feel like you want to tear the world apart. But it's not that. You're not in a bad mood. It's just your hormones. Mm-hmm. I also get like incredibly horny. Yeah. And I would be like, kind of like, why am I like this? <laughs> why am I in heat? You know, like that's something else. No one told right. me. Right. No one told me that, you know? Right. And so I was like, I must be the weirdest girl ever. Cause I'm mm-hmm. the only one who gets horny on my period. Mm-hmm. And like, oh no, that turns out to that's, be nature. That's right. Purpose. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We don't talk about that. We need to. We did. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. Our last question is, uh, what do you think the femtech industry as a whole needs the most right now in order to be successful? Exposure. Mm. Exposure. I just think that we, there are more conversations like the one you and I are having need to be commonplace. You know, the conversations that folks are having around the water cooler need to be about femtech and, and about women's health, because let's face it, I'm not a mom yet, but when mom is not doing good, the whole house is a wreck. Nothing gets done. (laughs) And I'm not saying that mom is the only person that's shopping. But at the end of the day, we know mom is the one that is the glue. Dad is kind of a disciplinarian and he's kind of the one that, you know, does all of the handiwork. You know, and I'm not trying to, you know, um, take anything away from women that do handy stuff. But I'm just saying, generally speaking, if I had had a husband, he would be the one that's fixing stuff around the house, gassing up my car cutting the grass, he would be the one that's doing that. But mom is the nurturer. She's the one that makes sure everybody's okay. But if mom is not okay, then nobody's okay. So at the end of the day, women's health is everyone's health. If mom is not doing good or, you know, the the head of the household or, you know, the female in the household is not doing well, nobody is. So I think ultimately there just needs to be more conversation about women's health and in general and how it impacts everybody as a whole. It's not just the win. It's not just a female thing. It is a worldwide thing. Yeah. Because if we're going to be women on boards, if we're going to be women CEOs of IPO companies, if we're going to, we can't have our vagina itching because we had a bath bomb with glitter in it. Right. Like like we gotta, we gotta make sure everyone's taking care of us. And by everyone, I mean like companies, companies, you know, Um, because, you know, if we're going to, you know, girls run the world. If we're going to do it, exactly. like, you know, Queen B says, like, we can't have an itchy vag and we no. <laughs> can't have 
off flashes all day. No. Things, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, this has been so much fun. I love same here. LinkedIn. You're very active. Um, yes. and I love it. So thank you so much for meeting with me today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This is great. And I definitely to your listeners, Hey, get on board and get in on this, uh, femtech focus podcast because, uh, actually prior to coming on, I listened and I learned. And like you said, even I'm in femtech and I learned, I think it was some statistic you said it was like they didn't really know the anatomy of a clitoris until like the 1960s or 98 okay yeah that's crazy years ago they were like crazy didn't even know yeah that's crazy and we are all most of us or some of us have had clitorises since before then so come on (laughs) yep that's crazy but yeah this is excellent i appreciate your time and um yeah this is this is fantastic Keep doing what you're doing because you are actually, you know, helping to hedge the the uh, hedge things forward in the femtech market. So I greatly appreciate you and hats off to you and everything that you're doing with your company. And um, yeah, just keep it going. And I'm, I'm right behind you. Thank you for listening to my interview with Tanea Brown, the co-founder of Vagiplug. I am sorry to say that by listening to this interview, you are kind of screwed looking down the bathing aisle now at the store. I know I'm looking at it so differently. I look at the bath bombs and I'm just shocked by the glitter inside thinking, oh my gosh, this could go up in your vagina. Why are people making this? (laughs) Why isn't there more like signs and warnings about it not being good for your vagina? So I don't know about y'all, but I'm just going to stick to warm water and Epsom salt for a while. Alrighty, Femme fans, don't forget to get your tickets for the summit, which kicks off Sunday evening. Go to femtechsummit.com and register using promo code FEMTECH20 for 20% off. After you get your summit ticket, join our Femtech Focus virtual community and subscribe to our newsletter at femtechfocus.org. In our virtual community, you can become a Femme Pro member for only $10 a month and get access to our library of recorded Femtech content and free tickets to our Femtech Fundamental events, which are workshops to help founders build, launch, and succeed. You also get discounts to our summit. Did I say the summit? Did you get your tickets yet? Are you sick of me saying it? We'll get your tickets over. It'll be over soon. It's so big and amazing. Femtech Focus also has Monday night listening parties. We have a Femtech book club and weekly office hours on Clubhouse. There's a lot going on. So just become a member, subscribe to our newsletter at femtechfocus.org, and stay up to date. We're also a 501c3 nonprofit, so please consider making a donation to our organization. We depend on it to operate. Okay, Fem fans, until next time, keep innovating because improving women's health and wellness improves everyone's health and wellness.